Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie and Leah talking about our one cool sci-fi gals. Bonnie already talked about Kate Mulgrew. But before we dive back in, Leah is going to tell us what's on the Gals Guide calendar for this week. I am. And I'm actually going to give you a bonus because I'm going to tell you about two weeks that are on the calendar. The reason why is because we are off for Thanksgiving week. Nobody really listens to too many podcasts. And if they do, they're catching up on old podcasts. So we don't have an episode Thanksgiving week. So for November 14th through the 28th, on Thursday, November 17th, it's book club. That's right. Nice. Look at that. It's a week early due to Thanksgiving. So we meet on Zoom and we are led by our lovely Katie Young. Thank you, Katie. This month, we are talking about Ursula K. Le Guin's book, The Dispossessed. So don't forget to register beforehand so you get that Zoom link and you can register at galsguide.org. Um, Gals Guide is going to be at Indie Reads on November 20th. Nice. We're going to be doing a fantastic workshop of how to make book roses and book cakes out of using mass market paperbacks. Don't worry. These are paperbacks. No one's going to miss. It'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> the event is free to attend. And if you don't want to make some book art, uh, but you want to see what is possible, and I don't know, maybe purchase some already completed ones, that is all going to be available to you on November 20th at Indie Reads. So for the week of November 21st through the 28th, basically otherwise known as Thanksgiving week, uh, Gals Guide's going to be closed on Wednesday and Thursday, the 23rd and 24th, again for Thanksgiving. But we're going to be back open for Black Friday and Small Business Saturday. That's right. The library has everything you need. We don't. But we have a lot of really cool things for Black <laughs> Friday and Small Business Saturdays. Because speaking of which, uh, Gals Guide is hosting author Kelly Wager to a book signing for her new book, Cafe Schwager Cookbook, Planet-Friendly Plant-Based Recipes for All. So nice. for Small Business Saturday, we have a wonderful shop small, uh, shop local, and get some plant-friendly vegan recipes. I have had a lot of her fantastic food. It is nice. all super delicious. I love it. I totally, uh, I totally five stars highly recommend how about that um so come november 26 at 11 a.m it's a little bit earlier than we normally do our book signings but that's because she's going to be doing a friends giving oh, nice. and having her friends over for thanksgiving later that evening we're so invited. sure i mean we are maybe not listeners but oh. you know what everybody who comes to the book signing can at least ask that's fair. <laughs> right? So, but I highly recommend the book. The book is also available on Amazon as well, too. Do you think she'll bring some plant-friendly snacks? I will ask, but because it's early in the morning and she's going to be cooking for the rest of the day, we might be asking too much. But at the same time, there is a chance. And I'm <laughs> going to ask because it's all delicious. So for this and all of our other calendar events, totally check out galsguide.org. Katie, do you have a get-to-know-you question for us? I do. You all know how much I love Star Wars. You do. It was at your mm. wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a minute and all figure out our yeah. Star Wars names. Okay. But before we figure it out, yes. I'll let you guys do your calculations. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. tell everybody listening how they too yes. can find their Star Wars right. name. Totally. So the first thing you do is you take the first three letters of your last name. Yep. You combine them with the first two letters of your first name. 
So for me, my last name's Young, so I'm going to take Y O U, and I'm going to put the first letters of my first two letters of my first name next to that, which is K A. Mm-hmm. Then you follow up with the first. Oh, it's a space. It's basically oh, for dang. your. It's for gotcha. your last name. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's your first oh. name. Gotcha. And so the then it's a space. Name. Then it's your last okay. name. So the last name is the first three letters of your mother's maiden name. Exactly. So I'll go ahead and share with you guys. What is yours? Yuka Thul. I don't know how to pronounce anything. Would it be T H or T O? Oh, you got through. Yeah, you got there you through. go. I did. Yeah. I, for some reason, I'd go Japanese with it. I okay. don't know why. I like that. It sounds <laughs> And prettier. give it lots of O's. You got through. You That would be me. Oh, my gosh. I love how this is when I really realized that my first name and my last name are pretty much exactly the same. That is true. Uh, <laughs> but it's Lily Koo. Oh, that's so cute. Lily Koo. Lily Koo. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a teeny tiny droid of some kind or a little fuzzy creature yeah, or something. Yeah, you're a little. What, what do I get to be if I'm Yuka? Yukatu. Yukatu. That really does feel like a droid to me. I don't know why, but like you can define yourself as any Star Wars you want. You could be a freaking Jedi Star Wars glossary. Well, then you're a Jedi. Okay. (laughs) What have you got, Bonnie? I got Philbo Russ. Philbo Russ. Oh, you're a bounty hunter. (laughs) (laughs) You know nothing, but yet you nailed that. Yes. Oh, that's good. I mean, we've all absorbed enough Star Wars through the culture. Wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes, the glorious <laughs> Star Wars names. <laughs> so it seems appropriate <laughs> Our that we've established is, is coming soon. Yes, <laughs> that I don't spend a lot of time on science fiction. Gotcha. Yeah. Sure. So when I was thinking about what woman I wanted to talk about, um, I do remember my very favorite sci-fi book I've ever written. Or yeah. Written. Written. <gasps> you wrote a book, Katie. Yeah, I did. Of course, it was sci-fi, oh my, my favorite genre. No. Okay. <laughs> Yes. I got to focus in. It's, okay, I was telling Leah, it's been a morning. <laughs> My alarm clock didn't wake me up and like I haven't settled since then. There you go. So, yes. Fair. I'm zooming in now. Yes. Um. So my very favorite sci-fi book I've ever read yeah. uh, is by Sherry S. Tipper. Is it that one right it there? It is. It's, <laughs> it's Gate to Women's Country and it's prominently displayed here in I the do, library. Because I knew it was your favorite. I and I was wondered. like, you know what? I'm going to put Katie's favorite on the yeah. side. There's also a Star Wars stack, by the way, too. <laughs> I, so, I, I noticed that, too. We have everybody's interests up there. Yes, exactly. So um, I read this in high school, so I don't even oh. remember it very clearly. But it influenced but I, it, you then. It did. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, like, if anybody brings up sci-fi, I'm like, that's my holy grail. That was, like, See? made an impression. Um, so as I was researching Sherry, I came across a description of the gate to women's country. Yeah. That I thought was kind of funny and probably why I liked the book. <laughs> Yes. Perhaps her most infamous book is 1988's, it is an old book, <laughs> The Gate to Women's Country, in which enclaves of women run society, yes. regulating men to hypermasculine garrisons, sending them off to war to thin the numbers, and trying <laughs> eugenic- eugenics to solve the problem of men. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, that just really appealed to high school Little me. Little tiny high school Katie was like, yes. You're speaking How to me. How soon till this future becomes like that, reality. I feel that's the thing when all the dudes are like, you can't have feminists <laughs> run the country. Like, I think that's what they're thinking is yes, going to happen. I know. Mm-hmm. And okay. Yeah. But let's try it. It's... <laughs> It's not what she really meant. She was illustrating right. other thoughts, philosophies, yes. ideals, exploring things. Right. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, that's Gate to Women's Country. But it sounds like fun <laughs> and is like, toply displayed I in the library. Highly recommend. <laughs> I don't think toply displayed is a word, by the way. I'm I wasn't going to question it. <laughs> Thank you. It flowed out. <laughs> 
So Sherry S. Tepper yeah. was born in Colorado on, you're not going to believe this because you just heard how radical that book was, right? Yeah. She was born July 16th, 1929. Whoa. Whoa. Right? Oh my goodness. Did you even like, know? No, I had no idea. I feel like she's almost lived two different lives. Yeah. Because you have Sherry, who was the mother, got divorced, struggled to support her kids as a single mother, gotcha. actually made a fabulous career that we're going to talk about. And then she was 54 years old when she published her first novel. Oh, wow. And she has over 40 novels to her name. Oh, my goodness. So there's like, a lot of people that start their career writing yeah. that don't have mm-hmm. her book career is basically her second phase of her life. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Um, and as I kind of fill you in on what her careers were prior to that, you'll really see how, you know, they kind of embodied who she is, her views mm-hmm. and kind of influenced the books she wrote. Yeah. Well, like her- herself, she wrote the books with, you know, her own thoughts and opinions and chose her career yes. path based on that. Um, But as far as her childhood, she was born in rural Colorado, near the town of Littleton. um, And she recalled her youth being very lonely. Gotcha. um, Because she, some elderly relatives lived at the house. So she and her brother were frequently told to go outside and play, go outside Mm. and play, don't even be in the house. So it can be calm and quiet for these elderly relatives. Right. But it was during that time she really worked on amusing herself with her super vivid imagination. Oh, cute. Yeah, definitely like the stepping stones to building that piece of her writing, I would say. And the other part of that is she also developed a strong love for animals and the environment, which are also huge themes in her books. Yeah. So one of her other favorite. And the <laughs> One of her other famous books is called Grass, <gasps> which is also over it's, there. It's the third, fourth book down. Yes. Fourth one in the, the stack. <laughs> what is that one? Actually, I'm like looking at it. I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to try to find that for you. Is it about one grass? of the quotes about it was well, what kind of grass disturbing. Body? Oh, it's okay. actually a series. Oh, okay. And it is about like um, eco-environmental activism. Oh, nice. So, but I think it is very much like this is what happens when we ruin the earth. Oh. I haven't read them, but that's right, yeah. that's the gist the milieu. Of, of, of what I think it is. Okay, gotcha. So it could be interesting. Very like she's so ahead of her time. Yeah. Born in 1929, but she's talking about things today that are right. really on the forefront of what Climate we talk change. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was, um, I'm going to find it because I just really liked the description of her style. Gotcha. Sorry, guys. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> Blair Leah writing myself an I know, entire exactly. novel like, to read us. I know. And then it's so like, well, let me see if I can find it within the notes. <laughs> I mean, buried within pages of pages. Oh. I was kind of hoping Grass was about a whole bunch of people that smoke marijuana and then, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> and then just had like vivid trips. And it's like, here, let's just write about it. So, but I could tell from the cover it wasn't totally about marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're filling in for me while I scan. I am, but fail. I also was curious about it. Right. I was like, ooh. No, it definitely is about <laughs> the environment and how we care for it. Um, so I'm gotcha. not going to find it exactly, but it just talks about how she was a second wave feminist and hugely an eco-humanist. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. How she pretty much identified herself. Oh, nice. So everything about her kind of related to nature and animals and the mm-hmm. you know environment and everything. So. Yes. And cool. definitely the empowerment of women and the yes. rights of women. Um, so I'll go ahead. That's a perfect segue yeah, to what her career was, <laughs> except I might sneeze. Okay, go ahead and sneeze. Bless <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, so she really job hopped for a while while her kids were young and she was gotcha. supporting them. And she worked at a nonprofit, I think it was called Care 
something like that. Okay. Um, but her more meaty career started in 1962 when she began a 25-year career as executive director of Planned Parenthood in Denver. Really? Which is now known as the Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains. Oh. But it started when she was hired on as a small nonprofit, primarily serving Denver area. Gotcha. So okay. by the time she had retired, she had overseen the growth of the organization to provide family planning services to thousands of women throughout Colorado and Wyoming. Oh, wow. She pioneered a service delivery model that made family planning affordable for low-income women, and this model was widely adopted throughout the United States in the 80s and 90s. Oh. During her tenure at Planned Parenthood, she was a fierce advocate for women's rights and reproductive freedom. Nice. So not only did she write about it, but she walked the walk and, you know, was yeah. part of the movement. Oh, that's Absolutely. Cool. So she's super yes. fascinating. And um, a lot of the people that I found that wrote articles about her were talking about how there's not really a lot out there because she didn't really go to a lot of things. She didn't go to a lot of conventions, book signings. Working. She wasn't a social person. Oh, for her writing, for, for that writing. part of her life. Oh, okay, well, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, gotcha. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's coworkers, people that knew her, yeah. you know, but she wasn't a famous author that people were like busy writing books in the later part of her life so right and she just i think she was a little bit i wouldn't say a recluse but maybe not always a huge fan of people i don't know what that's like at all yeah (laughs) like it somebody's quote is they talked about how for sherry s tipper there are too many people it's why her books have so many plagues oh look at that yeah she really is my kind of person i was gonna say she's speaking your language she is she is (laughs) but she made her first and only convention appearance at WizCon, which i thought was very cool because it's actually a feminist psych by convention oh. in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh my nice. goodness, look at that. Her first I've never heard of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, <laughs> she also, in 2015, a year before her passing, um, was awarded the World Fantasy Award for Life Achievement. Oh, very so, cool. I think she has a few other awards here and there. Right, exactly. Um, but those were the big ones. Right. Yeah. And so if it's not enough that she wrote 40 books at the age of 54 and on. Crazy. <laughs> she also opened... Um, in her retirement with her second husband, a ranch in Colorado, and then later in Santa Fe, where they hosted people, like kind of like oh. a dude ranch kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like this part that I read. The guest ranch that Sherry owned and managed reflected her talents at building new worlds. Wind sculptures and fantastic statuary adorned the grounds, which were teamed with vivid perennial gardens and inviting nooks and spaces. Rare breeds of farm animals lived throughout sheep, goats, burrows, chickens, rabbits, and a warren, and families of raxious peafowl roosts in the tree and eaves. Aww. So that was the environment she... It's like a little wild zoo. ...cultivated around Aww. herself and made her home. Yeah. Um, while giving like us fun. some pretty radical novels. Sweet. Dun, 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 dun. I bet you guys didn't know that Sherry was so badass. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. So I do highly recommend to all of our listeners out yeah. there to read Gate to Women's Country. Look at that. It's amazing. It does seem to be available at the Cal's Guide Library does. for any patrons who would like so to check it out. Grass. Yep, exactly. I'd have to also check our collection to see, and I can put it in the show notes of what other books we have. Yeah. I think those are actually the only two we have. Another but, oh, yeah. big title for her is Beauty. Oh, and it's okay. like her take on the um, the beauty myth. Mm, no, the okay. fairy tale. What is it? The oh, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, dun, it's dun, not dun. pleasant. Right, right. But <laughs> I like the idea of yeah. of twisting. Like I love twisted fairy tales and oh, things it's like that. Very so. twisted. I mean, <laughs> and just to warn you, I mean, there's like 
rapes, assaults in her writing. There's, it's like it's got, very it's, much for adults. It would be trigger be warnings all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you research her, I'm sure you'll you'll get some of those infos about which books are more like that and not. So right, exactly. Well, I mean, it sounds like you got a lot of books to choose from for you know for readers 40, and all right? that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Sweet. And this convention was WizCon. Yeah. There, I mean, I know there's Wizard World, but that's usually put on by like Wizard of the Coast, and that's usually like a gaming yeah, one. So I think it's just think that it's, happens. Oh, to be you know name. what? Maybe I shouldn't have pronounced it WizCon. It's Wiscon, like Wisconsin. Oh, like Wisconsin. W I S C O N. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was thinking like the Wiz, like you know, the Power Wiz, yeah, Wizard of Oz. Not a and... strong reader. Uh-oh. You're good. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Except in my mind. Wisconsin Con. Yep. Got it. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You probably said the right thing. It's just, oh, no. I think Bonnie and I immediately went to. I just didn't we want to, to put too hard of an S in this mic. A big S in your ears. The next one is May 26th through 29th of 2023. It's still going? Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. WizCon Spanish traditions by scheduling a whole convention's worth of panels addressing many feminist and pointedly left-leaning political topics. Oh, there you go. Sweet. I mean, they're not sugarcoating it or anything, but at the same time, there. First one was in 1976. <laughs> oh. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week for another Cool Women of History as Gals Guide podcast continues. Thank you for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.